Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion championship team. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is the High Hopes Podcast. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. Jack, I feel like they've played 100 games since the last time we talked. Yeah, well, uh, they physically have, um, and I, now I can't, I can't be sure. But has David Phelps allowed a home run in every single one of those games? A hundred out of a hundred. Yeah, wow. it's uh, it's a new record. It's pretty wild. I tell you what. Remember, remember when David Phelps was a good pitcher two weeks ago? Yeah, on the Brewers, and then got here and decided to suck. Uh, listen, I, I swear, like James and I, if you listen to this podcast, I think we know baseball. David Phelps is not this bad. Like I just, I just, I swear, I swear he's not this bad. He can't be. He's been good for like two plus years. I don't know. Whatever. This is not the David Phelps podcast, but like, no, but he's but making us look a lot bad. Of bullpen talk, he's so he's making he is making you and I look bad, and I I don't appreciate that at all. Yeah. More importantly, he's making Matt Clentag look bad. So well, that that's, that that's part of, that part of it, I'm more okay with. That's fine. I mean his 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 combined his combined bullpen acquisitions ERAs is like six and a half. I think it's over seven. Nice. actually. Yeah, it's huh. terrific. I mean, we knew Heath Henry stunk. We knew David Hale more or less stunk. Yeah, yeah. mop up Hale. Brandon Workman stinking and David Phelps stinking is is a real bummer. Yeah, it's a, it's a real bummer for me, Jack. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really unfortunate. But hey. At least he didn't trade for Matt Barnes. I mean, he didn't look great yesterday. No, no. You know what? Maybe don't trade with Boston for their relievers. Would have been a good thought. You mean don't trade with a bad team for their yes. bad pieces. That is known for having a bad bullpen. Even on the World <laughs> Series team. I mean, they, I know. That was the thing. They won the World Series because they put Nathan Avaldi and Chris Sale and all those guys in the bullpen. Oh, it's unbelievable. Uh, we're back. I mean, it's it's good to be back, though. You know, I mean, ten of nine of uh, nine of ten, and then ten of eleven was a lot of fun. But you know, ultimately, I mean, this is what they are. They're gonna I'll rake. Win one, I'll lose one, kind of team. Yeah, yeah, they're they're gonna rake. Their starting staff's gonna be pretty good, and you're gonna have to hold on to your butts when the bullpen enters the game. Yeah, man, this bullpen. <laughs> oh man, are you having this... fun? As long as you're, as long as you're having fun, that's all that matters, right? It, look, the ten of eleven felt really fun, uh, and this offense is fun. Like they're fun to watch. They rake, and like we talked about too, it's not just that they rake. Like they're fun to watch because they they. It's not like the last few years. It's not just go up and launch it out of the ballpark. Like they manufacture runs. They steal bases. Like they're fun to watch. You know, they're just a fun offense to watch. The the whole team is is offensively a joy but you just again we're back to the hammer we're back to the hammer that's always sitting there that's that's just looking at us and waiting for us and we know at some point is going to come down on our heads 
it's frustrating, man. And again, I look, I don't want to get too overboard because on a on a general level, I'm pretty optimistic about the Phillies right now. I'm yeah. I'm happy with where they're at. We'll get into it, but Matt, who would have thought a, a, a seven-game series with the Marlins would be the most important series of the year to date? But such as it is, uh, we'll get to that. But I, I feel really good about where they're sitting. They're a playoff team right now. It's just jacked. This freaking bullpen, man. Like, it seems like we can't get away from it. We've tried to run away. And Desperately, it's man. You know, even even Tommy Hunter, who I have really come to enjoy. You know, he's cruising, he, man. And then, yeah, then, yeah, it, it all it all happened. None of night. them. Not like again. This is the problem, right? Is that um, and again, I think they're gonna make the playoffs. It's when we get there they'll that make this the is playoffs. really they'll make, they'll make the playoffs. But like when we get there, there is literally Jack in a playoff game or regular season game, but for the purpose of this discussion, a playoff game, there is not one single guy that they can bring into a game where we will feel good. Not one, not one. Look, Hector has been a little better. Can you tell me for sure that Hector walks into a game? You feel good. I don't, I don't feel good with anybody. The only guy who I feel good walking into a game is sitting around with a broken testicle, Jack. Like that's it. Jose. What about Blake Parker? He's been good. Again, the ERA is not zero anymore, sadly. I just I just I just don't like that you're disrespecting Jojo Romero on his birthday. <laughs> on his birthday, no less. Oh, Jojo. I know. Look, Jojo's been great. Five out of six outings, he's been great. I like Jojo. But again, to my point, will you you know the deal. We never lie to the high ups listeners. Is there a single pitcher in this bullpen who if they come into a playoff game, you're like, okay, I feel good. I let, I still feel I still feel confident when Hector comes in for the most part. Like it's not 100% lockdown, but I feel I still feel more confident in Hector than like here's the thing with Hector. It's either going to be it's either going to be 1 2 3 the, the worst. Yeah, it's either going to be 1 2 3 easy peasy and then or else it's going to be a disaster. Workman I know is going to make it close. Hembry I know is going to make it close. Phelps will allow a home run. Uh so at Henry, least Henry's not going to make it close. Henry's going to give up a run at least every time, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to say he's the worst forty-three to pitch for the Phillies, and <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. Um, Cosine. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no. I mean, obviously, but it, like, I, whatever. Like, I, I, I'm, I'm cool with this team just making the playoffs, and yeah. and like, cause like. I don't. I never thought they were a World Series caliber roster. Anyway, you know, I think I think the offense is closer than people think, and obviously it's contingent on re-signing Didi. And it'd be nice if JT could <laughs> come back a little bit. That'd be great. Um, but you know, signing JT, signing Didi, keeping those guys around, Boom should only continue to get better. Like there's a there's a championship caliber offense in on this team, and I think they have a really strong future. One, two, three in in Howard. Um, Nola Wheeler, and then I think Eflin as a four or five is tremendous. And then you you fill the five spot however you need to fill the five spot. So really, like it, it's it's almost like make the playoffs cool. Like it's important for these guys to get there and 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 have the experience, even though there's no fans and whatnot. But and then just spend this off season getting Didi back, getting JT back, and just build a bullpen and and let this thing start rolling a little bit because. They're not. I. I. They're not as far away as 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 a lot of people thought heading into the season. This offense is better than I thought it was going to be, and it should only really get better. Uh, I would like if Bryce starts getting going a little bit. Obviously, Hoskins. You can't totally trust him, but you know, even when he was struggling, he was still getting on base at a high clip. So, the elite eye was always there, and maybe we can just find some more consistency consistency with a guy like Joe Dillon. There's there's a makings of a good team here, and unfortunately, it it comes down to a, a a thing that you can't trust in the bullpen. But I still don't think it's that hard to build a good bullpen. I, it seems like it's impossible for a lot of Unless baseball you're teams. Bad contact. Yeah, I mean, it seems impossible for teams, but just 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 bring, bring some guys that can throw hard and have and and have, like see the the Rays build their bullpen so interestingly because it's not just guys that throw hard. It's like it's guys that just can spin it and spin something. If they're not throwing 96 with sync, they're spinning like a like a 3,000 RPM slider, like Chaz Rowe. Like, what a, what a just, they're just so far ahead of everyone else, the Rays. I mean, 
they have absolutely no payroll. Whatever. This is not a raise podcast. But if you could just hire, if only Jack, uh, if only, dude. Like, and this is the whole thing with Clentac. It's like imagine giving Eric Neander and his staff two hundred exactly. million dollars. Resources that Matt Clentac has exactly, Jack. That's exactly it. Yes. And that's what the Red Sox essentially just did. So great. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah. Look, I agree with everything you said. I think you hit it right on the head. And to the very first point you made in that answer there that I'm with you. Like, I never expected this team to win the World Series. I never expected them to be a World Series contender at all. I'm really happy with a playoff run. Like, I'm really happy with just getting there, feeling October baseball again, you know, that type of feel and just games mattering down the stretch. Like, I'm all in for that. And look, baseball's weird. The playoffs are weird. Things can happen. Ultimately, this bullpen will be their Achilles heel in one way or another. So, I mean, things can happen to a certain point. I don't think this team is going to win the World Series, obviously, or get to the World Series or whatever. But they, like you said, like they're a solid baseball team. They just have one massive, disastrous team-killing issue, and it's having the worst bullpen of all time. And it is incredibly frustrating because, like you said, Jack, you see all these other teams just – it doesn't matter who they lose. It doesn't matter who they trade away. They just keep cycling guys in and out. The Rays, the Indians, like every year, those teams have awesome bullpens and they do it with no money. Like it can't be that hard. It can't be that hard. So that is, it's incredibly frustrating, but I agree with your overall assessment of the team. And and again, to hammer home, not just the Joe Dillon, but the whole, the whole coaching staff, I think has done a really good job this year. And I know that people Early on, we're getting on Girardi for a few things. And I know that some people still get on him for this bullpen, which makes zero sense to me. Like, yeah, he hasn't gone to the right guy in every spot, obviously. But ultimately, this is guys just not pitching. I mean, they're not. Like, David Phelps comes here and can't get get out. I mean, how's that Joe Girardi's fault? Like, what did Joe Girardi do there? Like, he's putting a guy into the game who has consistently gotten out for two years, and he can't get out anymore. Like, you can't blame Girardi for that. I actually have been really impressed in a short season, and it's hard to tell the impact with the, what the coaching staff has done top to bottom. And I, we talked last pod about how I think Girardi deserves a lot of credit for not pushing his pitchers hard early in the season, not pushing his players too hard early in the season. We're seeing tons of injuries across baseball, especially to pitchers. I think he played that correctly. And then just as a team approach type of thing, like a perfect example, if you watch this team If a batter has two strikes, guess what? He's choking up on the bat. Just about every guy, they're shortening their swing. Like, it is a a team approach. Like, and we see it on the base pass. We see what I was talking about before with manufacturing runs as opposed to just knocking out of the park. You really can, now that we're almost 40 games into the season and there's 21 left, uh, 39 games into the season, I feel like you can really start to see the imprint of this coaching staff on this team. And and I think that's exciting and, and portends really good things moving forward, Jack. Yeah, and I just I just hate that there's twenty one games left. Like for for as much as for as much as the bullpen, like I, I want to watch the bullpen blow it every night. I, I just I love I just love watching the Phillies. And I know I that want to watch the bullpen blow it every night. <laughs> Actually I'd say, I I I think I take it back. I think I, take I think it. I think what you meant to say is I'll watch the bullpen every night, whatever it gives me. Yeah. The point is you love watching Phillies baseball. Oh, dude, I just winter. there's just nothing. There's nothing in the I'm, world. I'm like losing my mind tonight. I it's hate a, it. It's a Wednesday night. Like I don't know what to do with myself. I'm I'm like, why is there not a Phillies game on? There's 21 yeah. games left. I feel like I'm robbed of so much joy in my life. Even less so. It's 21 games in like 17 days or something. Like the season is gonna be over before we know it. Uh-huh. It is. It is a travesty, Jack. It is. It is. It is one of the worst things that has happened to me. Is is 20, <laughs> a sixty game well, baseball season? Well, that I mean, you had a pretty crappy night last night. So oh, that, that's dude. something coming from you. We were supposed to record this pod last yes, night. Yeah. So the, for, the, for all those out there wondering why. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a rough night for Jack. Dude, talk about. I don't. I. I, I don't really get. I don't really get down about anything ever. You know? Or what? like angry, like you don't really, you're 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 a roll with the punches kind of person. Yeah, except yesterday. Except yesterday. <laughs> yesterday was. I do have a temper, but it's only in like short spurts. Like like watching the Phillies bullpen's one thing, uh, driving is another, and when things don't go my way, it turns into like a <laughs> it's a it's a short spurt. Like, like Phillies games, like Phillies game, Phillies losses usually take me like a half hour. To, I, I give myself a half hour rule, where like. Then I gotta flush it, but 
yesterday was basically yesterday was the like the equivalent of watching the Phillies bullpen for six out six hours <laughs> over and over. Like let's just go into it because I'm sick and tired. It was an yeah, awful day. It was it. an awful day. First off, I'm mean, like so I'm here and. We had to pack like so much stuff into an hour and twenty minute show. We had to do a giveaway. We had Brandon Graham. We had to figure out where we're going with the show. Uh, and, and so we had to give away all. We had to giveaways, whatever. Then we get into the leading off, which is our Phillies thing, and not all the spots are in. So I got to manually add them in. And then uh, after they were manually added in, they redid the log, and then I had to delete that stuff all within five minutes of trying to get the Phillies on the air, trying to pull, trying to pull Phillies stuff at the same time, getting the sound ready to go. Communicating with Jim, knowing where we're going there, and then uh, first of all, Phillies games is like the most stressful thing in the world. Just that, that for, as just to to back you up on this, as someone who produces and doesn't have to do Phillies games, um, I can tell you how much work. What Jack was just saying, if you don't understand it, like what he's talking about, it's a lot of work in a short period of time, and it's incredibly stressful. And for Phillies games too, the thing you got to think about, like it, he, Jack's producing a WIP, but it's going out to tons of affiliates like this is the type of thing where like like it's one thing if you screw up during the midday show or the afternoon show because you could joke about it and be like oh that was dumb like oh make fun of seltzer make fun of jack like you can't screw up the phillies game like it it is it is actually far more important to not screw up the phillies game or an eagles game or whatever so yeah i totally get it man yeah. i totally get it so so, so I've, I've done a lot of them so i know what i'm doing it's just like there's always little things that happen so anyway the game's going along everything's fine everything's great so inside the job is like so one of the things that we have to do is sounds of the game. And it's a combination of the Phillies highlights and funny things that Scott, L.A., uh, Kevin, and Jim say. And it's basically like putting that into a 45-second thing with a bet underneath it and whatever. I, I do it whenever I produce the game. But, like, I usually have two ready, one for when they win and one for if they blow it. So I had it ready for if they blow it. And, of course, Bowen hits the walk-off. <laughs> and that just throws a, a wrench in my whole plans. Like I have to go, I, like basically I have two minutes to get the boom, to get the boom walk off, cut down enough to where you can tell what the play is to fit it in this 45 second thing and, and have it go off. So that's, that's, that's stressful. Then, <laughs> then I had to do all the highlights in the post game, which is like, it's just I, I didn't have one of them. So that, you're already there past like you're already there. This show would normally end at six. That game went to like seven, yeah, right? So well, you're, yeah. you're there later to begin with. Right. Then I had to get Eflin off of off of NBC Sports Philly. So I had to pull that. I had to get a highlights. I had to get Eflin his post game show off of the off of the 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 Google Drive. All right, so this all happens. I have four fantasy drafts to do. And I was supposed to do a <laughs> podcast. All starting the same night? Yes. All starting at eight o'clock. One was for oh someone else. It's not, even, it's not even mine. So I had four fantasy drafts. I had. To, I thought I had to do a podcast. Then I drive home and I can't get into my apartment. So I'm locked oh. out of my apartment. And I because we have this keypad that for some reason is like just just dying and it's just not letting us in. So I can't get in. And then I drive uh, 45 minutes home to Westchester and I'm trying to and the ramp that I usually take to get on to 76 to 95, of course, is out. So I had to drive even further. Just a truly, truly (laughs) awful day. Awful. Just a just a long one. Just an absolute day. But and, and and real quick before you move on, not only that, but Scott Fransky let you have it apparently on the yeah, way out. Yeah. Shout out to F, at Framing Phillies on Twitter who sent us this quote: "Half timer Jack Fritz, who after he found out Nick Pavetta wasn't starting game two, took off." Shout out to I mean that that is such a Scott Fransky thing to say too. Yeah, the, the, they love especially after you had already stayed like an hour and a half later than you're normally supposed to. It's just perfect. They love nothing more than I, I swear to God, no one, everyone just loves burying me about Pavetta, and like <laughs> I get it, like I get it, but holy crap, can we just relax for a second? Like, you've all gotten players wrong before. I got Pavetta wrong. I got it. And then I kept up with the bit for, like, I guess six months too long. And now, (laughs) dude, I will put out a simple tweet about, like, something, and someone will be like, yeah, well, what about Pavetta? And it's like, oh, my God, are we going to get over it? Are we going to get over the Pavetta thing? I'm sorry. Like, there's two things that drive me crazy on Twitter. Pavetta and this didn't age well. 
Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. I'll give up. you another. I'll give you another. You know what I, I'm I'm so done with too is that's it. That's the tweet. Nail it. Nail it. Oh, enough. Yeah. Enough. We get it. Enough with we that. Get shit. That's a tweet. How about just tweet what you're gonna say? You don't need to do that. You could just tweet the thing and then that's the that's the tweet. And so then some good. dweeb named Bobby Dahlback is hitting four hundred and fifty foot homers. <laughs> oh, no. I was like, this guy I've never heard of is dominating the Phillies day. It's great. Bobby Dahlback? I mean he looks I literally like... had never heard of him before. Well, I he, he's like, like a pretty decently the name sounded familiar he's a it was he a prospect like because i i thought the name sounded familiar oh, Brian, but I you're thinking not of, seen him. it's because you're thinking of stepbrothers and dale Dahlback, right ah there you go that's probably what it is yeah like who the like he just looked like such a nerd like there, there's no way bobby Dahlback is leading any championship team there's just i would trade him if i was the red Sox, i would trade bobby Dahlback and maybe you know get a return on investment Look at you, dude. Do you know that Rafael Devers is batting like six thirty against the Phillies? Like I, like you know, you know how I feel about Rafael Devers. So. Yeah, I mean Devers is just a machine, but he hasn't he's been the best young hitter. Like if I again, if what? I had to bet on one guy twenty five or under to three thousand, it'd be him. I mean, I mean, you know, you know, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis, and Acuna exist, right? Yeah. Again, three thousand hits. I'm not saying I would take them to start a team. I'm saying I think Devers is the the most likely of that group to hit 3,000 hits. Listen, I think you're sleeping on Alec Bone. <laughs> Good point. Bone's better than everybody. Yeah, that's a that's a a, a fact. Uh, Though it is it is crazy to think that that all three of those guys are younger than Bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> all yeah. four of those guys. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, and they've been way more. I know. Uh, established. I know that's the point. I know. Um, but and like, what is what is the what's just the boring game too yesterday whatever oh brutal game like just like i know and look thank god they won that first one because it could have been a real crappy day alec Bohm the walk off i mean that was just what a win that was and look the second game sucked it was boring and, and hey you know what Vinny? it wasn't Vinny's fault i mean hey. Vinny gave it five two earn nine k's no walks like i'll take that every single time he steps on the mound like that was that was cool um, it's a shame that you lose one when you get a, a solid Vinny start like that. That's always a bummer. But man, that first win really felt like the type of game that last year they lose. Like they just lose that game last year. Well, so there's two. So there's two things. Because I agree with you. There's two things that separate this team from years past, and I think that has a lot to do with Joe Girardi and, and what he's brought to this team. Last year's Phillies lose on Monday. There's no doubt about it. Like. To, uh, the Mets game, they lose 14-1 the night before. They blow a 6 nothing lead. Like, last year's Phillies team folds. And I thought coming back and winning Monday was going to kind of jumpstart this team a little bit more. You know, they went to the 10 of 11. Um, then they lost a 2 in New York. They got blown out on a NOLA day. And by the way, Jacob DeGrom, I mean, just... It's a- it's un- it's unreal. Yeah, just imagine. Like he, I, it's unreal. I, it's like it's actually unreal. He, I mean, he, he hits like one hundred. Like like the ease with which he gets it up there at a hundred at one hundred one, like is, it's really impressive. Dude, to watch. he didn't throw a pitch under ninety miles an hour. I know. I know. Like that's nuts. Imagine telling. Imagine. Legitimately- we're legitimately watching one of the better runs for, I mean, again, you know, he's got a long way to go career wise to be one of the greats, but like this three year, two, three year run, like he's having is one of the best ones we've seen legitimately. Um, Yeah. Imagine, imagine telling Babe Ruth that you're going to go up there and you're not going to see a pitch below 90 miles an hour. Well, Babe's probably never saw one over 90. So, or not much over 90. Right. So, so is the Grom going to be the first pitcher I, because I'm trying to win three straight Cy Youngs. No, 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 no. Well, no, I don't know if that's has that happened before. I don't think I, I don't think it has happened. It may if it did, maybe in the old school days, but I don't think so. But is he gonna be the first pitcher to get to go to the Hall of Fame with less than 100 wins? <laughs> he might. He only has I mean, he only has 70 wins. Look, I think he'll get to over 100 wins. Is the point ultimately? <laughs> I don't. Right? He's 32. I mean, he's, is he 32? Yeah. I thought he was 29 for some reason. No, he hasn't, been, he hasn't, been, tw- he hasn't been 29 since 2017. <laughs> Thanks for the math lots in there. Um, he, look, he's not a Hall of Famer yet. Um, uh, if he wins, you can't keep a guy out with three straight I, Cy I know, Youngs. He wins, I know. Look, even two Cy Youngs. Like, that's incredibly well, impressive. Well, Lins- well Lincecum has two Cy Youngs. I know. I'm saying it's incredibly impressive. But, you you know, three Cy Youngs, you probably have to put him in. Three but straight. Again, he, 
I know. I'm with you. He's not going to win it this year anyway, I don't think. He might. Who's winning he it? Might. though? Well, I thought Max Fried might have. Well, he's on the another break for the Phils. Another break for the Titans. I know. I know. It's huge. Uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, DeGrom is just unreal. So anyway, as you were saying, it felt like, uh, and I'm with you, it felt like Monday, the way they won that game too, because it felt like, it felt like after 14 to one, you know, losing the two straight after the run and then blowing the six, nothing lead. It was like, Oh, they're back. We're back. We're back. Yeah. (laughs) We're back. Yeah. it, It was, it was so classic. And like I tweeted, uh, I tweeted, I don't know, like the seventh. I was like, Oh, this just has gut wrenching loss all over it. And I was right. I mean, (laughs) <laughs> oh, it did. They, it should have been. Yeah. That's th- another one. They last year is absolutely a gut wrenching loss. Last yeah, year. yeah, because yeah. uh, you know, you know, uh, the way the the Phillies, the Phillies metsed and then the Mets metsed, which was a truly just a what a what an experience to uh, <laughs> to, to be a part of. I mean, both because both the Phillies and the Mets, like both fan bases are just like, oh, let's figure, let's see how they lose this one. It's one of those things where whenever like that kind of like we'll always any Phillies fan ever be like no one loses like the Phillies or whatever and then like the only response you'll get is forgot about the Mets yeah. man Mets 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 and you know? I do so, always like, forget about the for Mets that. yeah I do always forget about the Mets but it was nice to be a part of that it was uh, two teams that that lose harder than everyone else both trying to to, to it's a real beautiful thing yeah, yeah. but they beautiful. came out on top getting getting <laughs> getting a split getting a split in that series is massive massive. It was so incredibly important for this team, especially going in. Look, the doubleheader, like, yes, that second game uh, loss yesterday was frustrating. But, like, you can't ever go in, even against bad teams, you go into a doubleheader saying, all right, we have to win one. Like, you always want to sweep a doubleheader, but you understand if you split a doubleheader. Like, it's just baseball sometimes, you know? It's, It's hard to win two games in the same day. Like, it is what it is. But if they had lost that that last game in the Mets series, it would have been... Panic City, buddy. Yeah. Panic City. Not this team. No. Well, James Cigarettes. I mean, what do you expect when you got Jimmy Siggs there? Yeah, Jimmy Siggs. He. Uh, I love that. Yeah, it's it's one of those things it's that good. like like it's just good. Sixers Twitter would turn into something bigger than it is, but I feel like Philly's Twitter has gotten there a little bit with with yeah. the James Cigarettes. Um. So yeah, just a what, uh, a day. what a day for him, man. What a day. I know uh, he single handedly. I, I heard Fran. Yeah, well, I heard Fransky say he is. Uh, it's him. So there are three Phillies ever who had, uh, what was it? It was four hits, five RBI, and a home run in extra innings, or a game-winning home run in extra innings. It's only happened three times. Jimmy Siggs, and then the other two are like the two best offensive players in the history of the franchise and Schmidt and Klein. So, you know, not bad company. And I think both of those, the Schmidt and Klein games, I think they both happened in their four home run games. Oh wow! Did they really? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. that actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I so, think he wow. said that yesterday. What a, what a game! What a game, Sigs. Listen, it. I think it's safe to say the Phils won the J.P. Crawford, uh, uh, Carlos Santana <laughs> trade. Crawford has game. cooled off. I haven't looked in a little while, but last I looked, Crawford had uh, markedly cooled off. Oh, I reached I reached uh, Mariners Twitter the other day because I. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Did you tweet about it? Yeah, I tweeted about his stats, and they were like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, well, have you seen his defense? And it's like, dude, whatever. Like sure, yeah, he's, I know, bro. You can, you can, you can, you can literally draft J.P. Crawford every year. Like he's just not a special player. I'm like, yeah. Now Sixto, on the other hand, is <laughs> dude. I thought we weren't gonna talk about it. Man. I know, I know, and I don't want to talk about I it. But... We were gonna talk no, about no, it. no, no, I no, no. We were no, gonna uh, talk about the one eight zero ERA. I know. I thought we were gonna talk about the just GIF after video after GIF after video that yep. I have to look at in my timeline. Yep. I thought we were done with the Pedro Martinez comparisons. I thought we were done with people comparing him to Jose Fernandez. I thought we were done, Jack. I thought we were done. No, we are not done because just to, this week, yeah. Just imagine how much fun we would be having if Sixto was here. We would be. It would be the best. It man. would. I just. Uh, it's. It's making me. We would do whole pods with you just breaking down Sixto's start. Like it would be. A, all right, pitch five sequencing like <laughs> literally just break it all down because it'd be so enthralling and exciting. meanwhile meanwhile spence is losing velocity every start so i know i know i know we're, we're not we're not talking about that we're well yeah so let, we're not talking about that one 
Oh my god, it's gonna be tough, man. Like that game, I think it's Sunday. One of the two games of the doubleheader on Sunday is gonna be the six-zero game, man. Are you gonna watch? Uh, Yeah, I'm not. I'm not excited about it. You gonna watch with like like your your hands over your eyes and like? I might just watch the Phillies pitch and then leave when they're when they're up every time. I'm I I look for. (sighs) We talked about earlier. Like I look forward to every Phillies game. I. I'm dreading this Marlins series. Me too. <laughs> like, Me too. With... Well, it's, I mean, it's a it's a massive series. I mean, they're right there. The the Marlins play the Braves tonight. As of right now, the Phillies are a game and a half up on the Marlins and a game and a half back at the Braves. So one way or the other, depending on what happens tonight, either the Marlins will gain or lose ground on them, or the Braves will gain or lose ground on the Phillies. So one way or the other, you're gaining a half game somewhere and losing a half game somewhere. Um, but they're going to go into this series with the Marlins either a game or two games back of them right there in the thick of the playoff hunt. And I can't believe that we, first of all, seven game series, the only seven game series you see are playoff series. So that, that is, uh, in and of itself is unique. Two double headers in the seven game series. And then, uh, you know, of course, of course, it's against the, the, team that somehow is your kryptonite for the last few years like it's crazy the marlins stink well they're better than they've been like they you know starling Marte's a good player they got some players but comparatively the phillies are a much better team than the marlins Marte's. and yet i'm terrified i'm terrified is this so hold on is this the first seven game series in phillies history it has to be right i mean no maybe way 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 back when no but even even postseason they've never played a game seven Whoa, really? The Phillies have never played a game seven. Oh my I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Jack, that's crazy. They've never played a game seven. They've played they've played game, game fives. fives in a five game series. Yeah. You're wow, yeah. dude. That's a great nugget. I can't believe I didn't know that. The first seven games first seven game series in Phillies history. This is wow, M- momentous. Who would have thought it'd be against the Marlins? Yes, in the in a regular season. Yeah. Yeah. With no fans perfect. in the stands. No, there wouldn't be fans in Miami anyway. Yeah. So, that, so, that so, so the, whole, the whole series is in Miami? Uh, yeah, at least that's what it says on the schedule. Now, this kind of threw me off, too. I guess like I guess they're just the Phillies are losing home games, right? I mean, because you wouldn't – it would be crazy for them to play three games in Miami and then hop on a plane to play here. Like, So I think they probably just agreed to play those games there. But ultimately, like the Phillies are losing home games out of this. They're losing – Two home games, theoretically, right? It's ten games. It's supposed to be five and five in theory, and they got the first three, and it looks like these seven are going to be in Miami. That's things for the Phillies. I know. Yeah. I know. Um, so, and hopefully, I mean, but I, it, obviously, it is what it is. But yeah, it, yeah, it's just I, I, I get excited for every Phillies game. I look forward to them every single day. I, I, I am. I am nervous for the, for this terrified. Series. Just terrified because like this is this is arguably the biggest series since 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 the Cardinals series in 2000. Actually, since the Astros series in 2012. This is the biggest series since this is the equivalent of the Astros series in 2012. Is that fair? Um. Yeah. Look, I I think like you know 2018 they entered September in first place, right? I mean, like they. Um, they've been up there before. So I think you could say just based on record and all that, that there are some series where you could argue they were as important in the moment and didn't go the Phillies way or whatever. But yeah, I, I think, you could, look, if nothing else, I think you and I both agree definitively that this is the best team that we've had since 2011. Yeah, so like, like, on, on that basis alone, it's to me. the most. And also you could argue too, that seven games in a 60 game season, certainly with 21 games left heading into it, that, just that alone, the impact of of each game mattering so much that you could argue is definitely the biggest series. Yes, and I I just I, you know I I believe in this team more than those teams the last couple years. I understand their winning percentage is better, but even like you know when when we were in the moment, it was like eh. oh we knew yeah. no way like, well, come on I don't care about the winning percentage like look this Phillies team I I honestly think that first of all if they had. The bullpen they have now, which again is not good, it is bad. But even the bullpen they have now at the start of the season, they're three, four games better than they are right now. At least two games better, definitively. Yeah, I mean, they have so many losses. You can point right to the bullpen. And then on top of that, too, like taking a eight days off, like after playing the first week of the season, then eight games off, like then getting back into it, like that was absolutely a disadvantage. And I know they split with the Yankees and split and all that, like, but like who knows what they could have done if they hadn't had that time off, like. It's hard for me to to judge too much that early part of the season. 
I think the team that we've seen start to emerge lately is, for me, what I believe in more than what we saw earlier in the season. Yeah, and if you, if you, I just think that if you put this team over 162, like they, they're going to win it more often than not because of the offense. You know, I just yeah, they feel like like a, a 88 win team. You know, what I mean, they feel like a, a a really solid baseball team that will make the playoffs as a wild card, but. You know, and, and magic can happen, but you don't, you know, there's certainly going to be an underdog against a fair amount of teams, that type of team. I think that's fair with a, with a dynamic one, two punch. Yeah. And that's what, you know, makes it interesting. Certainly, especially look, the first round of the playoffs this year is three games. It's three games. So like in theory, obviously, depending on who you're going up against, there are certainly teams in the national league, though, not that many, but there are teams in the national league that can kind of match you one two for sure well, the first round matchup us of today would be the, the padres, padres. So. yeah and i mean clevenger and paddock like well and lamette lamette's been and better Lamette than too he's been ridiculous but like you know point being that that you know if you pay if you played the the cubs i mean they're not matching you one two i know john lester's a great playoff pitcher and all that but hendrix and and darvish aren't as good i mean like and don't get me wrong darvish is it looks good again and hendrix is a good pitcher but like the point is is that in a three-game series in theory, the Phillies could maybe have a pitching advantage, depending on who they're matched up against, against, you know, a fair amount of teams in the National League, especially if they can catch the Braves. Jack, like, catching the Braves is not the craziest thing ever. Like, we talked about the Max Fried injury. How many times have we talked on this podcast about how the Braves pitching sucks without Max Fried? Like, that's the one guy they could count on. Yeah, and I was watching, I was watching Kyle Wright last night, and I'm like, how the hell is he so bad? Like, I, he, like Kyle wrong. Am I right? Hey, that was, <laughs> I mean, I get it that you're a dad now and almost, I gotta make the dad jokes. That's what I'm here for. Almost entering your forties, but, um, oh, man. I, I, I sad. Cause that is very true. I know. I don't, we don't like I was like, wait a minute. Stop making me sound. Oh, oh wait. Oh yeah. He's dead. Yeah. Good. Good. Yes. Right. Um, yeah, the Braves, the Braves rotation is, is trash, but like Ozuna's back to hitting, like <laughs> he's back to like, a don't nine. get me wrong. The Braves are so good. Yeah. And yeah I mean, yeah. just Freeman, Acuna, and I, Albies, whenever he comes back, I mean, they're, they're good. Honestly, I, I, I haven't, I haven't stopped getting, uh, you, you mentioned earlier about the, you know, three game series and I just, I've already, I'm already nervous. Like I'm just, <laughs> I'm nervous about, I'm nervous about playoff Phillies. You're already nervous about the three game series? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm nervous about playoff Phillies, man. Like it, it hasn't been that way for 10 years. Like we're, we're throwing this That's back 10 crazy, years. Man. How it, crazy is that? Like playoff Phillies is just going to be, I'm just going to be on a different level. Just, it's going to be the best. Like again, we have, We've never done a playoff hopes. Yeah. Like, come on. Like, that's that's all I want. I just want to do a playoff edition of High Hopes. Can I please? Can I give a playoff yo? Can I? Like, yo, it's game one. We got... Yes! I feel like this is not asking too much here. We got Clevenger versus Nola. Ah! Oh, my God. I'm really excited. Now you're getting me excited, Jack. It's both excitement and, like, a pit in my stomach. Yes. Like, like <laughs> having, to, having to... You know what's going to suck is having to watch them get a lead and then know that. The- <laughs> well, that's, dude, that's what I keep saying. Like, yeah, that's, well, again, that is the one fly in the ointment. You know, that's the whole, like, the one thing that kind of holds you back from really jumping on board and jumping in fully because you know that in any game, at any moment, that hammer can drop. And, and like, it really does suck some of the energy out of it because, you can't really enjoy things that generally you should be able to enjoy watching baseball. And definitely take the over of the uh, Padres series. Oh, buddy. The over over the games because they also hit the baseball they, hard. Like, yeah, yeah, well, if you look at – I mean, I think offensively they are they're the one National League team that has like a better Woba and a few other like yeah. – like they've, they've been better offensively than the Padres, but the only one statistically. Yeah. So, Go yeah, to- no, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's just again, it's exciting that we can talk about playoffs and, and feel like it's real. Um, obviously in a, a season that does not deserve an asterisk is a completely fine, real, normal baseball season that Correct. we feel good about them making the playoffs in. We can laud that that they are a playoff team in a normal, regular season. So, you know, and and get that out there. One more year of Clintac. <laughs> just oh God. That's the one again flaw with it all. But um all right. Uh, before we, I know you got your note bag coming up in a bit, but I wanted to ask you a couple quick things because we didn't 
We haven't gotten into specifics too much, and we obviously aren't going to go through every game, but there are a couple specific things I want to ask you about. One of them you mentioned before. We didn't really get into it, but the Spencer Howard thing, I, you know, I think, look, Nola had a bad start, big deal, whatever. Like, we're not worried. Wheeler continues to be Wheeler. Eflin wasn't great, but he was fine. You know, five innings, three Man, runs isn't isn't great. But I just think Spen- Eflin, Eflin is just, he's so close to getting on one of those Eflin He's right runs. there, man. He's right. It's a couple mistakes. Like, he just, it's a couple mistakes, and... And it, you know he's so close. It feels like he's so close. Yeah, he'll. he'll I, I. He's gonna be fine. I. I really yeah. like well, that's watching. I'm, that. not, I'm with you. I'm not too concerned. Even though his ERA um, is still uh, four or five. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I look. Well, that's because you know it's, a, it's still a small sample size and stuff. But, um, but Spencer Howard is is more concerning. Yeah. You know, we still have not, other than for an inning here or a couple innings there or or for a burst. We haven't seen the guy, and I get it. You know, he's young. Oh, I'm not. I'm not nervous about the future. I'm talking for right now and what he could do for this team right now. We haven't seen the guy we had hoped to see. Yeah, and I, I but I do still. Th- I think. I think he's gonna go on a run here. You know, the, the finish of the season, he should be pretty built up right now. Uh, the velo concerns are definitely a thing. Like they're they're there. And again, I I just think that comes down to. Like he hasn't thrown more than a hundred innings ever. Like he ever. He, he's Literally. just he's just not. I don't think he's built up for it. And I think he needs to build up his leg strength. And it seems like he gets tired easier than than you would want to see. But again, like I really think that Sixto is skewing everyone's mind. You know, you, you see Sixto come up, and it's like, oh my god, yeah. Well, Sixto's Sixto is unbelievable. I mean, Sixto is Sixto is one of those freakish. Like young pitchers that come up and he's are getting compared to Pedro Martinez. Dude, Pedro Folks. Martinez is comparing Folks. himself to Pedro. Like Pedro Martinez is the best pitcher I saw pitch in my lifetime ever. Number one, top dog. Like this is not like Sixto is special. He's different. Exactly, and I think Spencer Howard is eventually going to get there. But like he just to me, he just looks like a rookie. He just this is he he looks like a rookie. He looks like a rookie that is coming up. Like, look at look at the rookies around the league. Paddock fell off last year, and Paddock hasn't been unbelievable this year. But you see the stuff. Jesus Jesus Lazardo is the same way. Like, unbelievable stuff flashes it, but it's not consistent enough. Um, you know, again, I Mitch Keller. I mean, we see with a lot of guys who are big time prospects, high level prospects. Like, yeah, some come up and deal right away, but there are a lot who it takes them a, a year or whatever to kind of figure it out. Yeah, I mean Kyle Wright's another example. He's a top three pick. Like, like, like Mitch Keller was a what top ten, top twenty prospect in all baseball, and he was a disaster last year. I think he had an over eight ERA last year, and looks better so far this year. Like, you know, it takes guys time. It took Nola time. Like, yeah, it took Nola time. It took Garrett Cole time. Like, I mean, it just it takes time. Right. So uh, again, like this usually happens, honestly. And the guy he always is. Always has reminded me of is is Shane Bieber, and obviously if he becomes Shane oh. Bieber, will be like what a comp. The thing the thing with Spencer Howard, and this is the the two things he has to work on this offseason is maintaining velocity, um, and that comes with leg strength. That comes with building up the legs and and making sure you can go six seven innings and keep that velo up. Um, you know, I think uh, we brought the Grom earlier, but the Grom was. Averaging, they have the same. They have the, They have the same average fastball velocity when they got brought up. Like Spencer Howard's was is ninety four point six, and that's what um, Jacob Degrom is. Like he's gonna have to build on that velocity, keep keep growing, um, and then it's gonna it's gonna come down to to sharpening up the off speed. The, the, the curveball could eventually be good, but we've talked about it a lot. Like it kind of just floats up there, and and he it's like a get me over pitch right now, but. That pitch has to get tightened up. As soon as he tightens that up, it's gonna be great. The slider, I think, is eventually just gonna be disgusting. Um, that's gonna take some tightening up, change up. I thought he had he started. He's starting to get a, a better feel for. Um, and then the fastball, you know, it's, it's all gonna come down to consistency within the strike zone. But it's all four of his pitches just have to keep getting a little bit better and keep progressing, and he's gonna be fine. You know, I. I I don't think we can expect him this season to to you know anchor the staff or whatnot. But if if in two years he's not the the best pitcher on this staff, I'd be surprised. All right, and I hope you're right. That sounds very good. And I'm with you in general in the sense that I'm not concerned at all about the long term Spencer Howard. I just hope that he's able to give you something this year that can really help. Yeah, all I right. mean, obviously with Arietta being as 
up well, and yeah, down. I, th- I didn't even bring up Arietta because I don't even feel like it's worth analyzing him. Like, you just don't know what you're going to get. Like, he was really good against the Mets. Like, that was a really nice outing. It almost seemed like he was taking it personally, and he went out and dealt. Oh, and I'm sure job, that Jake. tomorrow in Miami, he's going to go out and get bombed. Like, this is just who he is, you know? So there's not much analyze there. I do have one more for you, and then we'll get to your notebag and whatever else you got. But um, I saved it for last. Um, in a, a reverse, save the worst for last type of thing. I didn't want to talk about it, but I, we haven't talked about it much. I think it is time to at least discuss it. Are you at all concerned about Bryce Harper? Um, I mean, this is kind of what he does. I mean, it's yeah, it's frustrating. It's, it's it's frustrating that it's happening again. Um, and it, and it makes me actually it doesn't worry me right now, but I'm worried about like 34, 35 year old Bryce because I don't know if he gets out of these. Um, when he gets older and loses the bat speed. So that's more what I'm concerned about. The the thing that's frustrating with Bryce right now is like he's kinda it feels like he's taking it to the field. And you saw it yesterday on the double play ball where he was just kind of jogging down to first base and wasn't really busting it. And that that wasn't something that we had seen last year. We saw him bust everything and he didn't do that yesterday on a double play ball, which is really frustrating and and you can't you, you just can't take your struggles to the plate to the field. I mean, we saw it with Neil Walker on was it Friday night where Walker's going back and he's waiting for Bryce to call him off and Bryce just didn't move yep. even even though he needed to get that ball to uh, cut off the play of the plate. So, he's taking his struggles at the plate to the field, which is which is frustrating and I feel like I almost feel like the first couple of months here, uh the first like month and a half when it was just him and JT kind of wear it on him a little bit. And he wants to help this team win. We right talked now. about that. Like we talked about that on this podcast. The idea that it it felt like those guys were starting to it was wear on them that you could tell they like they had to carry everything and they would go out. We talked about them having to like whenever a bullpen guy gets brought in, be like, here we go again. Here we go. I'll I come out and dominate and this is what I get. Like I'm sure that took a toll on them, for sure. Yeah. And I, I just think Bryce's swing is getting a little long. Um, but Again, like Bryce is one of those guys. He'll he'll figure he'll figure it out. It's just figured out, um, and it, I, I, it's a little frustrating seeing him seeing him take it to the field, um, and in letting it affect everything else going on the team, and and because like the, the the frustrating part about it for me is that the rest of the team is playing well, and I don't want Bryce's attitude to drag down the rest of the team. Like the the rest of the guys are doing well. Like Reese is back. Everyone's feeling good about Reese. Cudge has been pretty good. He's gotten cold the last couple games. Didi's been great all year. Bohm is like the guy now. Um, and I just don't want I don't want Bryce's bad vibes going throughout the whole team. When they won ten of eleven, no one cared that Bryce was doing bad because it felt like the rest of the team was kind of just motivated and and they were having fun playing baseball again. But honestly, like I I worry that they came out slow against Boston because their star, their leader is struggling and he's letting it affect the rest of his game. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that's certainly the concern here. And look, I agree with you. I think I think Bryce will be fine. You know, this is who he is. He goes through these types of streaks, but um it's been a prolonged one now. And certainly yep. after the the start he had, you know, it felt like he was on his way to that MVP season we were hoping for and, and predicting and, and obviously has leveled out a ton. I mean the fact that Reese Hoskins is having a better offensive season than Bryce Harper. Um, I mean, I think that would surprise a lot of people. Obviously not the people watching the Phillies every day and, and know what they've been doing lately, but you know, on a macro sense, I think people would be shocked that 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 had flipped. Um, so I'm with you. I would like to see Bryce turn around, but if nothing else, like even last year when he struggled, he was still working it in the field, working it on the bases, the energy, the effort, all that was there. That has to be there. That yep. can't go away. So I'm with you. All right, what do you got in the notebook? Well, I feel like we should get this out of the way now because you wanted me to bring it up uh, on, what was it, Monday or yesterday? Oh, yes. I, I should have brought it up myself. Yeah. Uh, Jackie Purist. Yes. Uh, I just want to point out here that I came on this show, I don't know what it was, a month ago or whatever, and I was like, hey, you know what? I kind of dig the seven-inning doubleheader for baseball. You know, it's it makes it a shorter game. You know, you're feeling well, you know, 14 no, it's so good baseball. Still, and seven innings is still a joke. I got ripped. Seven innings is still a joke. Uh, oh, really? What are you going to say? Because that's not a joke. Go ahead. Say what you're going to say. Just say it. I like I like the extra inning rule. Fraud! No. You are a fraud. You are a fraud purist. That is way less baseball than seven innings. At least seven innings, it's the same game for seven innings. This is 
completely bastardizing the game. You're putting a ghost runner on second base. You're creating a fictional runner out of air. You know what? what? You, you know why I like it? Because it feels like I'm watching freaking baseball again. I hate extra inning baseball and what it has become the last couple of years. I understand the idea of playing the games forever. There's no time clock. There's no. There's no time on a baseball game, and I think that's great. But the approaches in extra innings were getting embarrassing. It was just trying to hit a home run every single time. And they, were, they, they, they literally just stopped playing baseball. And the reason why I like the extra inning rule is because it gets them back to thinking baseball, playing baseball, and, and, and looking like the sport that I've played and watched my whole life. Like, like if it, and it makes me mad when they can't execute, which is great. I love getting mad when, when teams can't execute. Like there's there's nothing there's nothing more fun than heading into the bottom of the tenth or whatever when you get out of the first one, which by the way adds significant pressure from the the jump. Then you get to the bottom and it, it, and seeing how they're going to execute. Are they going to bunt the guy over and then try to hit a ball to the wall and get a little sack fly action going on? Like are they going to do that stuff? So like I just I just like it. I like that I feel like I'm watching baseball again. I like thinking the game. I like seeing, are you going to put the guy on and try to create the double play? You know, it's it's actually watching the sport that I grew up watching, and I like it. I don't like that it took to this point to get it back to that way, but it's another reason why I like the three-batter minimum rule, because I like the three-batter minimum rule so we don't have these stupid guys that just come in and get one out and get out of there. I it, feel like we fought about that, too. I'm happy to hear you're on my side with no, this one as well. I always like three-batter minimum. I, so I, if nothing else, for sure. But, like, I definitely feel like I was far more – like, I was pounding the table for it. And it's just it's, – it gets them back to, to, to actual pitchers pitching. I, just, I can't believe this. Like, again, look, I'm fine with it. Like, I don't I don't actually hate the second uh, – runner on second. Like, I don't – I'm not going to say I love it like you yet, but, like, I'm fine with it. I, I've, I agree that it has made the 10th inning uh, more intriguing and more exciting from the jump. You know, there's a – energy it brings to it where it's like and i for uh, somehow i seem to forget about it every time it the 10th inning starts i'm like why is it oh yeah whoops like every time it's unbelievable you would think by now i would have yesterday to be blatantly honest yesterday was the first double header where in the seventh inning i was like oh yeah this is the last inning like early on like where i didn't at any point think oh it's only the seventh inning oh duh like i knew immediately for the first time yesterday so i'm just getting there uh still but um, it doesn't really bother me that much. I'm just shocked. For me. Like, I'm proud of you, Jack. This is this is growth. Well, I, but ultimately it's not growth because it's getting back to playing the sport I watch. Like, I, I, I just think it brings out a, a – it just makes the game more enjoyable for me. Like, I like thinking along with the manager. I like thinking what are these guys going to do. I like seeing if they're going to screw it up. Um, and I just think I just think it's interesting, you know. And, you know, I, I – I just think that extra inning baseball has gotten so out of control where it's like all of a sudden we're in the 14th inning. Everyone's trying to hit home runs. We're going to put a position. We're going to put a position player into pitch and who cares? We learn to lose. Like at least with this comes out, it's, it's, it's intense from jump street and you just, you just, it's, it, you just go and it, it adds excitement into an extra innings that I wasn't anticipating. And I, I, don't understand why they don't just walk the leadoff guy and set up double play and go from well, there. Yeah, I'm so with you. I on would that just one. do that every time. I think, but um, I don't know. I I, I like when, since they took the DH and put it in the National League. It's nice getting back to thinking the game along with the manager. And I I've always liked thinking the game. So I, even though it's not the purest thing in the world, I like what it adds. All right, I'm proud of you, buddy. Think it's what fair. else you got? I think it's fair. You know, a lot of people give me crap about, about Nick Pavetta. And no, yeah, and it's true. It's, it's definitely true. I was dead right about Alec Baum, and I, you know, no one gets credit when they're right about things, especially in what we do. But can I just get a little bit of credit? I mean, I said in March, I said in Jack March, looking for credit. No, I know it's ridiculous, but I said in March that he was going to be the clutchest Philly on this team. I was throwing out Rendon comps. I was throwing out J.D. Martinez comps. And J.D. Martinez stinks now, but whatever. Like, like I mean, is he, is he not? Do you not feel more comfortable with Alec Bohm at the plate than Bryce Harper and J.T. Romito? Yeah, I don't even think it's a question right, for me right now. Right, right. I was on that three weeks ago. So, I, you know, 
just 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 put that one. Put that one in the win column for the fighting Phils and myself. So he's he is phenomenal. I love him. I just love him. I love him. He, I, he might be my favorite player on the team. I I can't say I just I think about Alec Bohm all day long. He's twenty eight. Yeah. He wears twenty eight. Jason Worth, I think, is developing into my favorite player from that run. You know, as the more and more I think about it, the more and more I love J Dub. Um so and Bohm's there. I mean, boom, 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 boom is the dude. He is 100% the dude. He's the clutchest Philly. And, you know, maybe maybe swap him and JT in the lineup and see how that goes for a little bit. You know, and just, just you know, maybe J- JT back in the eight hole. Yeah, maybe you know, a little, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. Put, put boom in there. And let's get some RBIs going. Yeah, let's have, let's have a little fun. So, listen, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but some of us have the eye. And, sure, the eye missed Pavetta, but the eye might be back on Alec Boehm. I I look I I'm all in on Alec Boom. What a what a hitter. What a what a hitter this kid Dude, is. Like, get... It's unbelievable. He's so I mean, and again, showing it in clutch spots, so calm, cool, collected, and just a pure hitter. James, I, I I love him. James, you don't have to sell me. James, James, we got at least a decade more of this. I think it would be better for your mental health if if people tweeted you when Boom did stuff instead of Pavetta. I think that would help. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um they're, they, and they, I think they moved to uh, they're, they're ten and one now when Alec Bohm drives in uh, a run, so maybe you should keep doing that. Yeah, get more runs. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Yeah, keep it up. Alec Bohm in, in clutch situations. So, um, I, I I would like to say that for the duration or, or however however long this podcast lasts, we're an Alec Bohm podcast. You know. Yeah, and cosign. I agree. Yeah, support support this. Love him. Yeah, that's all I have. My love you, Alec. Just a lot of Alec. Alec, we love you. We will say your name right. Boom, boom, and and I don't appreciate. Hey, 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 hey. We should. What are we doing here? Friend of the podcast, Alec Boom. We should say on the pod before he was a big guy, before he was famous, all that. Like we were there back when you were nothing, Alec. So sure, nothing but a third overall pick that was. The number one prospect in the system. Let's go with nothing. Tearing up the Arizona Fall League. And I would just like to say to the the Phillies social media team, uh, I came up with Bomers at least a year and a half ago. Like, Oh, look at you. You know, you know I came up with Bomers. (laughs) You did. You know I came up with Bomers. What I will say, I will will say you you had it a long, long time ago. I will give you credit as far as I'm concerned. But I mean – this is not like uh, coming up with the theory of relativity or something like that. Might, like, might be more impressive. <laughs> I mean, what what really does that really matter? My point is, I think people were going to get there no matter what. But as far as I'm concerned, you created it. Yeah, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. I know you what need the, that. What the hell was what, uh, what, 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 what even was that? What, what would you bring up? The theory of everything is that what... relativity, Jack. Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Everything is a movie about Stephen Hawking. Yes. But, yes. Yeah, I don't know what the theory of relativity <laughs> is. So. Yes, you do. Einstein, come on. Man. Oh, Einstein, Einstein's a fraud. No. Oh, man. I don't know. All right. Uh, screw, screw Einstein, go Philly. Yeah, right? I gotta go see if I can get my apartment. I'm not sure yet. Yeah, and I have to put my daughter to bed. So, uh, all right, Monster Series coming up with the Marlins. We'll be back Sunday. We'll talk hey, about it all. Hold on. <laughs> what are we saying? Do they gotta take five of seven? Four? Yeah, it's five of seven. So look, five of seven against the Marlins. So here's, the thing, here's the thing. They have to official position. They have to win the series. They have to take four of seven. I need them to take five of seven. You know Bro. what I'm saying? Like four of seven is the official position. Four of seven. Could you do five of seven? That's how I'm phrasing. Yeah, listen, I will take four of, four of seven and sleep well. I agree. Like I said, four of seven is okay. I'd like five. That's all I'm saying. What if, what if, what if they sweep? Five is the two of three. If you want they sweep. That'd be amazing. Can you imagine? Then we're then we're parading down Broad Street. Let's oh, okay. go. We're, we're winning the division. Sweeping the Marlins. I mean, gone. Actually, might be winning. The, if they could sweep the Marlins, like they're putting themselves in a really good position. Yeah. Um, yeah. So of course. it's good. Yeah. Either way, we'll be back to talk about it. So um, again, rate and review the podcast. Uh, tweet at us. Uh, any questions, all that type of stuff. And um, go Phillies, man. Go Phillies. He's Fritz himself. So we'll see you later. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.